Welcome to Well Connected by Murad's podcast series, Why Is No One Talking About? Where experts and insiders cover hot topics related to mind, body, food, and of course, skin that are under the radar, taboo, or unexplored. I'm your host, Allison Hayslip, actress and beauty skincare fanatic. Today, we'll look at how the discussion around mental health is changing, in large part because of social media. You may have seen some of those popular meme accounts like My Therapist Says or So Sad Today, which give a different spin on conditions like anxiety and depression, or heard this on TikTok. Depression? I got it. Anxiety? I got it. Heartbreak? I got it. Therapy? I got it. Friends? Don't got it. Boyfriend? Don't got it. Self-love? Don't got it. But hey. We've seen a number of studies that show just how damaging some social media use can be to our mental health, that it can impact our sleep, how we feel about ourselves, and even how we interact with others. But we also know that social media could be a catalyst for change in society like Gen Zers celebrating what used to be known as quote-unquote bad skin with acne positivity accounts, or in the case of mental health, the meme accounts and therapists who have gone viral openly discussing these formerly taboo topics might just be helping to break down stigmas. Joining us now are two experts to talk us through the ins and outs of anxiety, depression, and social media. First, we have digital creator Samantha Klein. She's all about bringing joy and cheer to people's lives through the use of color and coziness in her aesthetic on her Instagram, at Sam's World. That's S-A-M-S-W-H-U-R-L-D. Hey, Sam. Hi. Thanks for having me. Awesome. And with us also is Shawnee Tran, a therapist and author of the book Dope Therapy, A Radical Guide to Owning Your Therapy Journey. She also creates mental health content on TikTok and Instagram through The Shawnee Project. Hey, Shawnee. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I've always been a big proponent of mental health and people talking about their mental health. I personally have been in therapy for over 15 years. And I'm someone who like before I got into therapy, I was like, oh, you go to therapy? What's wrong with you? And now I'm more like, oh, you don't go to therapy? What's wrong with you? Like, it's so important. And I'm glad that we were talking about it in this capacity with social media, because social media is obviously making a major change on how we are looking at mental health, mental health stigmas, therapy in general. So let's just dive in. I just want to get a sense from each of you uh, where you feel like we are with talking about mental health more broadly in media and and popular culture. Shani, you are actually a therapist. So how do you feel about where we are in this global conversation? You know, I feel it's one of those things that has come a long way, but we still got a long way to go. We're having the conversations and the conversations are being opened so that we can have them with our friends, our family, coworkers. I'm hoping that these conversations are being had with like bosses. And I only say that because I was in a car accident this weekend and I remember sitting there. It was Sunday night and I needed to email my clients that I would not be coming to the session on Monday morning. And I remember sitting at my computer crying. And my husband's like, why are you crying? You just was in a car accident. And I was like, I don't know, because like, well, I am mentally hurt. It was traumatizing. But like, I can talk. 
I can walk, so I should be able to show up, right? And I feel like that was my own biases of how the world sees mental health, right? Like you can walk, you can show up, so you can go to work. But I honestly know mentally I'm not there. And so I'm crying because I don't want my clients to think that I don't care about them. So that's why I say we have a long way to go because I think not just as a society, but individually how we think about our mental health and how we take care of it. Yeah. Well, first off, I'm so glad you're okay. I mean, of course, Thank you. Yeah, any sort of car accident is always traumatizing. And I think that is an interesting point. I've been with the same therapist for a long time. And I think, you know, a lot of us noticed, especially over COVID and things like that, about how our therapists needed therapists. <laughs> you know, we, we these people who are here to help take care of us also need to be taken care of. And I realized I was getting into conversations with my therapist where I would get off the phone and be like, I feel like that was just as good for Gwen as it was for me. You, know? <laughs> you needed that. <laughs> I'm here to tell you it is. Yeah. I, as a therapist, it is. Sometimes I sit with clients and I'm like, oh, that session was good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so Samantha, being an influencer and being very active on social media, how do you see how we are talking about therapy and mental health right now? It's really interesting. I mean, I feel like... I've been on Instagram for so long in, in different capacities. I used to have like an app. It was like a vintage clothing shopping app. And I that's kind of how I like grew my following. And I, at that time, I just remember, I don't know if this is okay to say or not, but the election, one of the, the, the big election that happened uh, about six years ago. And I just remember how I, at that moment was like, I am a business account and I shouldn't be talking about my feelings. However, I can't help it anymore. And I feel like that for me was a big turning point in people talking publicly just about their mental health challenges and just, I guess, getting a bit more real and rather than thinking of your social media as being like, yeah, business page or specific to a certain, you know, how to fit in a certain space. But I think from there, like the way that I've created and been on social media has definitely shifted in like just being like, hey, I'm really anxious today. I'm not feeling good. I'm not going to be able to like show up here and having people kind of respond and say thank you for saying that and you know just something so small as that being able to make an impact was like just shocking because it seems so small and then I feel like since then so during the pandemic I definitely was like very lost and kind of didn't know what to do and I've always I've had a colorful interior, you know, clothing, everything has just always been my vibe. And I think that obviously, as many of us did during the pandemic, I started focusing a lot on just how I could make my house as comfortable as possible and calming as possible. Because aside from the pandemic, as many people did, I had a lot of personal stuff going on. You know, people still get sick people still get cancer, people still have challenges during that time. And that was definitely affecting me. So I kind of took it out on my house and just started uh, decorating as much as I could and um, posting about it. And I was sort of surprised to see how much it resonated. And I think that since then, it's definitely been people messaging me 
constantly saying like your page is a bright spot for me and it's something that made me feel good when things have been really dark you know whether that's politically environmentally whatever some like people always message me more and just say having something comforting to look at actually just does so much for me and like I just want to say thank you for that and getting messages like that honestly make me cry because it feels like it's just so little output and so to be able to make an impact doing that is so meaningful to me. Yeah, there's definitely a desire I think right now especially in social media for something genuine and something honest because you, you know brands can take over and just be like flashy and showy but when you find a page that just really resonates with you as a human you're far more attracted to it. You can like you said just relate to it more and when you said I couldn't help it, that you had to start putting your own personal thoughts on your page. That's at least very similar to my own story with coming to therapy. I just hit a point in my life where it was like, I couldn't do anything else. I I know I I knew I needed a different outlet for everything that I was feeling. And that's why I started going to therapy. And I think we, we all need those like tipping points in our lives that finally make us go, oh, I need this outlet or I need that help. And, I, you know, it's great that what social media is doing is is it's more normalized. It's more accept- yeah. ac- acceptable. We are seeing that people can do this. But at the same time, it's like, you know, like everything on social media, something gets too grandiose. It becomes bigger than what it is. And now it feels a bit like mental health and anxiety and depression are becoming more of a glamorized like trend. Do you both see that at all? It's, you know, uh, for example, you know, people are selling shirts that just say anxiety on them. Like Megan Thee Stallion sells merch that says bad anxiety and like bad bitches have bad days, too. You know, like we're actually selling stuff that promotes this. I don't think that's bad. (laughs) I don't. You don't think that's bad? No, I think that the more that the words are out there, the more normalized it is and the better, you know, like. I don't know. It's funny. You made a comment at the beginning of the podcast about how like you used to think that like it was scary if someone was in therapy and now it's like scary if they're not. And I literally had that exact thought before we started. I just remembered probably like 10 or 12 years ago, one of my coworkers was getting married and she said, oh, we, we went to a couple's therapy session before we got married. And I remember thinking, what the fuck? You're already messed up and you're getting married. <sighs> And me and my husband have been in therapy almost since the first year that we've been together, which was like nine years ago (laughs) in in couples therapy. And like it is so normal. And now I do feel like it is like I don't see how you can be with another human being and not be (laughs) in therapy, let alone obviously be in your own therapy and whatever. It's just how can you function without assistance from others? (laughs) Well, the quote goes, most people go to therapy to talk about people who don't go to therapy, right? Like, (laughs) I've never heard that quote, but like, yes, of course. (laughs) Yes. I mean, and I think that a lot of people think that therapy is meant to like fix something, hence how we view it as something is wrong. As a therapist, I don't view therapy as, I don't see people as needing fixing. So I kind of want to like, let's take that out of our minds and not think about it that way. A great way to reframe it is like, who can help me get to where I want to be? And so it doesn't necessarily have to be something tragic or traumatizing 
or even serious that brings you to therapy. Like you can come to therapy and be like, hey, I just want to be better. Okay, great. Like, do you know the areas that you want to focus on? And I think that that's really the most important thing is that you recognize, and it can be for different reasons. One, okay, the way that I'm doing things right now isn't working. It could also be like, I just want someone that's for me. Like, I don't think people understand as a therapist, I am all about you. This relationship, you get to take as much as you need from me and I'm rooting for you. I'm there when you're sad. I'm there when you're happy. Think about it. Where in your life do you have a relationship with someone? They meet you at the same time. They're all about you. They only want to help you and they don't want anything in return. I don't know about you, but it's okay to be selfish. And I like that type of relationship as being the client too. Like, yes, I'm here to take, take, take. You're all about me. You're going to be consistent. Meet me at the same time every other week or every week. Where else do we have a relationship like that in our life? This was a, a meme that cracked me up from my therapist says on Instagram, it's therapy is so funny. Like, hi, I'm here for my crying appointment. And I read that and I was like, yeah. That's what it is. It's like <laughs> once a week I get to cry to a human being if I want to and it's totally fine. But so do we think things like this, these kinds of memes, these kind of comments, are they helping destigmatize mental health therapy or is there a realm in which it's just making it seem like it's not as important? I don't know if that's the right word that I want to say that that, that there's almost a way in like by normalizing it so much, it, it like it makes it feel like it doesn't matter as much when it should matter. I like the memes. I, I like them because I think that it does normalize like, hey, this might be my crying appointment. But also there's nothing wrong with like laughing at our own pain a little bit because that can be a healthy coping skill to sort of like get us through, keep us going. And I look at memes like that as like, oh, wow, I'm not the only one that feels this way. Like, I think if anything, it, it brings a sort of like normalization and community and it makes it okay for people who may feel alone in their journey. Like, man, I'd be crying every time. Does anyone else feel this way? Especially if someone doesn't know anyone else that is like actively in therapy, that meme for them may have been like, wow, somebody else. I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this. Right. I feel like especially during the pandemic, like. I mean, I can just think of some of my good friends that it was just tagging each other in posts like those all day, every day. And like, you know, like, like Shawnee said, like, there's such a high level of community in a meme or joke post about therapy and normalizing that. I don't see anything wrong with it. I think it's kind of like the more we can talk about it, the better. Here's an interesting thought. Do we think that people are actually talking about these issues more because of social media or are people actually more depressed than they've been in previous years? Hmm. That's a tough one. I think that two things can be true at the same time. I think that maybe talking about it brings recognition to what may be going on. And even if it's like, okay, I might not be depressed, but I'm definitely resonating with this meme or this post that maybe I should talk to someone. I think that may be what is happening. And I want to differentiate that because I know that we can sort of jump to like a diagnosis of like, oh yeah, that's depression when there's so many different criteria to meet for depression, but it's okay to say like, 
okay, my emotions are like charged right now. I'm feeling as if I can't control them or I'm feeling like they overtake me. I resonated with this meme and this post. So I think that maybe I should talk to a professional. I just want to say that a professional. It's okay if you go talk to your friends, your mama, your daddy, your coworker. (laughs) But if you are looking for like guidance and processing internally and being better, a professional can help you with that because we are trained. I had to stop myself because I was like, we train, but not every therapist is like this. But (laughs) we are meant to be unbiased and have sort of like a bird's eye outside view to help you see the things that you may not be able to see that may be impacting you and leading to the way that you are feeling. So clearly, you know, speaking about depression, anxiety on social media, it helps people, you know, making them feel like they're less alone. It can help them find a community. But what about just social media in general and how it, you know, there's been a lot of studies that show that social media in and of itself is creating depression and anxiety, especially in younger kids. I think like the age, like 18 to 24 there, you know, there's, I feel like the word epidemic was used in this chunk of people feeling more suicidal, feeling way more depressed, feeling way more anxious because of things they are seeing on social media. Do we think there's, you know, something's always got to take the good with the bad, but how do we feel like social media is affecting our mental health as a whole, even though it is bringing the ability to, to find community when you're dealing with mental health issues? Yeah, I mean, I definitely do think that it's both things can be true. Like, I think like the way that social media helps normalize mental health, anxiety, therapy, all that is huge. It is huge. And, you know, bringing up a point that was made earlier, it will be normalized once like employers are giving all of their employees days off when they're having hard mental health days and things like that. But there's also the other side of the coin, which is it is extremely, extremely detrimental to your mental health. In my case, I mean, I, I that's what I can only speak to. And of course, things that I read about um, as far as, you know, online bullying, you know, suicide rates and and things like that, that it's just it is it's hard to ignore and we shouldn't ignore it. I don't have the answers as to what we should do for me personally. I try not to make a strict schedule for myself as far as like you have to post, you have to be online seven days of the week. Actually, I pretty much take weekends off from posting at least like Friday and Saturday. And then if I just don't feel good, if something bad is happening in the news, if I just I'm having a hard time personally. I just stay off of it. Of course, there are times where I don't recognize that I'm not in the mental space to remove myself. And it's hard. I don't know. I feel like sometimes if something else is going on in my life that's challenging and then I just end up like doom scrolling on my Instagram, I'm like, oh, I feel 20 times worse now. Like, shit, what can I do? I don't want to give like stupid advice like put your phone down and go take a bath but like that's literally what I do a lot of the time or take a walk I don't know I don't think that there's let's see what Shawnee has to say (laughs) let's get an expert's opinion because I don't have the answers I'll tell you that right now (laughs) well the first thing I want to say is like I don't think that that's stupid advice at all if it works for you it, it works for you and you can extend that advice of like 
hey, this works for me. It might work for you. So I don't think it's stupid at all. Yeah. Now for everything that you were saying, I was like, ooh, boundary, 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 boundary. I think it comes down to boundaries and recognizing too that to a certain extent, we don't have control over the algorithm, right? Like, I mean, there is a way. Like, so if you're on TikTok, you can go to following the people that you follow. And then if you're on Instagram, I think if you just like open and you're on the home button, those are just people that you follow maybe. But then if you go into the search, that opens it up to the whole wide world. One of the things that I implement is that if I don't like anything on my feed, I'm hitting not interested because I want the algorithm to know, do not send me this information. And that is my way of saying like, hey, I don't like the way that you are performing algorithm. I don't want to know about this. I think that most people don't even know you can do that because I right. don't even know oh. that I know what you're, I don't even know the function. Oh, yeah. We so need like a whole you, tutorial. They, oh, <laughs> to be fair, like they if don't on, make it very obvious for oh, no. this yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> So if you're like on TikTok, I think it's like the little. It was the not interested thing specifically. Yeah. I don't like know where that is. If you click on it, you can say like not interested. My phones are turned off right now. But yes, for people that are listening, there's a way to like tell what shows up on your feed. Like, hey, I'm not interested in this. And one of the other things that I do is, and this came from a friend telling me this one time, as a creator, if you see a negative comment, the energy that you're giving to that negative comment, why don't you give it to someone who's been following you, who is like, oh my God, I love your work. Oh my God, I love this video. This made me smile. Like give your energy to that because then you're going to have more energy to keep giving. So one of the things that I do, so for instance, I posted a video. Uh, oh, it was the bagel video when I said the Marco Polo and someone oh, yes. commented, they were like, you should lay off the bagels. Your double chin is coming through. What? Right. And I literally was like, hmm, that energy is not received here block. And then I chose the one where it's like block any accounts that they make. I was like, they probably aren't even I someone that that's coming for me, yeah. but I can't have that energy in my space. I love bagels and I don't care about what you think about my body. And so that's another thing too, that I do is I am quick to, in that case, I don't care how you meant it to come across, but you get access to what I give you access to. So if I give you access to my energy and I give you access to my thoughts with what you said, I'm giving you access to that. So guess what? I'm going to block you or I'm going to delete you because also as a creator, I feel it's my job to also protect the community that I'm creating. So mm. I wouldn't want someone who came to the video and it was for laughs to see that and maybe be like, oh my gosh, wait, I eat bagels too. Oh my gosh. And I was like, nope, see, no, nah, that's not, that's not what we're doing in this space. So boundaries are very important. And if you start scrolling and don't feel good, because I know for me, this happened quite a bit during the pandemic because I felt very anxious about seeing this sanitizer doesn't work. And I'm just like, oh my God, I, I just need to go to the store and use sanitizer. <laughs> so like anything about like mass sanitizing, it made me very anxious. So if it did, we're not interested. And I would walk away because I want to choose how I get that information. If I'm going to look up what the mass mandates are, how to sanitize, you know, do you fist pump now? Do you hug? I, I want to go seeking that information when I'm ready. I don't want the algorithm or the apps to choose when I get to inhale that information. So I actually, no. I love that. It's interesting. So I've only ever been on social media in a professional capacity. Mm -hmm. I, I worked on a show that was all about 
check right when like Twitter came out and Instagram came out. So I was always on it just as a public figure. And I've realized that the vast majority of people don't have that relationship with social media because they get on it personally mm-hmm. to follow public figure accounts like mine or Samantha, it sounds like you like you got on you were on social media personally and it turned into a professional account. And it's so I've I've luckily not by any, you know, choice of my own always had that boundary because it was always a professional thing for me. And Mm -hmm. it's taken me a while to realize that a lot of other people don't understand that you should have a healthy boundary with your social media. Yeah, yeah, I think there's this. There is this idea that I think a lot of people hold that because you are a creator and you are therefore potentially monetizing on social media, people are entitled to critique you, know everything that's going on in your life, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that vulnerability actually is kind of another side of like if you're not being super vulnerable and saying everything that's going on with you, then you're not being like genuine on social media Mm -hmm. as a creator maybe I'm just like putting that pressure on myself but I've definitely felt that a lot like I said I've gone through a lot of personal stuff over the last couple years during the pandemic and there are many times where I was just like feeling shitty and feeling like should I post about it I really don't want to like I don't want to share what's going on in my life (laughs) that's making me sad and that shouldn't be something that we all feel forced to do and you know I also feel like what Shawnee was saying before rings so true for me like I used to be so and because of that entitled feeling that I know other people had to me and that I brainwashed myself thinking was fact I couldn't block people I couldn't delete comments like I could and over the past like couple of years, I've gotten so comfortable with that block, block all accounts. <laughs> There's block a lot all of accounts. power in it. I mm-hmm. literally don't care what. And, and it used to be just something mean. Now it's like if you're trying to come here just to mess up my day or just yeah. to like fight with me to fight or whatever. It's like, actually, I'm not saying I won't listen to other people's opinions, of course, but like I'm putting out content for free that you're enjoying and following along with and you want me to hear your critique why why should i because i'm making money on this platform it doesn't make sense like yeah the math doesn't make sense there samantha let me ask you this and this this is a genuine question i don't want you to think that i'm implying anything with it but do you feel a responsibility towards your followers Uh, i mean you kind of tapped on it a little bit do you feel like you do sort of owe them a part of yourself that maybe you're not necessarily comfortable putting out there. Or even on the other hand, like you want to make sure you're only putting out stuff that isn't going to be detrimental to them and to potentially like their own mental health. Definitely. And I feel I I guess I feel like the biggest sense of responsibility that I have is amplifying voices that are smaller than mine and don't get enough Mm. attention. And it's funny when Shoni was mentioning like masks and all that kind of stuff, like when information is changing constantly, you know, I used to be more scared to like share information because I was like, is this going to not be right? Is this going to be wrong? And now I'm like, I think if you're not looking back on things that you've said in the last five years and like cringing or being like, shit, that was wrong, like you weren't really taking chances. And I feel like to me, that's important as far as people 
being owed more of me. I think the majority of the people that follow my page are getting exactly what they want, which is just pretty photos, maybe like in my wildest dreams, like just makes their heart a little bit warm and maybe like makes them go out and buy something small for themselves that makes their space like comfortable and happy and safe. You and your therapist are doing some good work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just listening like, yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> You're I mean, welcome. to be honest, I'm not in personal therapy right now. I've just been doing okay. couples therapy, but again, for so long. That's okay. And yeah, I mean, that's to me, that's like double therapy because yeah. you're you're just constantly talking about how you are living with another person. How could you two possibly be on the same page the whole time? And you have to just yeah. learn how to be an advocate for yourself, be empathetic, be everything. And yeah, I, it's funny when I was saying before, like, it's scary to want to see a new therapist. But I, I feel like that right now because I'm like, uh, I don't want to I don't want to go through that again. But I do feel like I would like more support. I always want more support. <laughs> and it's OK to say that. And I think that's the thing that, you know, we get a little scared to admit that we need support. Yes. And I feel like potentially what social media is doing right now is showing that that doesn't need to be as scary. Like, I I even think for myself, seeing it on social media has helped me go, you you know, not just my own personal therapy, but seeing it out there is like, oh, cool, we can talk about this openly, you know? I I think great examples, you know, with the Olympics that we just had, was that last year? Oh my gosh, time has no meaning anymore. But, you know, (laughs) with Simone Biles and then Michael Phelps coming out and speaking up for her while she was taking her time off and Michael Phelps coming like, yeah, I'm one of the most, he might be the most meddled Olympic athlete out there. I'm not sure, but he's like, I've had to deal with this. And, you know, he was so, I maybe impressed. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that, that Simone was speaking about this public allowed him to come out and go, I've dealt with the same things and I should have done what she'd done. And we need to talk about this more with athletes I have to imagine that we think things like that are only helping the picture. And I guess I'm always going to kind of bring it back to the other side. But is is there the fear of like, if you idolize these people, you then decide that you want to be more like them and therefore, you know, decide that's how you are? Does that make sense? I don't think that people can make themselves depressed or anxious if they're not like I don't I don't know maybe I'm maybe that's naive of me but I think that if someone that doesn't suffer from those things idolizes Michael Phelps then they would maybe just interpret that as like the courage that he has and be inspired by that rather than like anxiety sounds cool I want (laughs) to I want to get that I mean I I agree with you but I do like you know there's this like whole sad girl internet culture that was very big for a while it's I mean it's still around and it's like well is it all these people who managed to find each other and now have this community or is it people who wanted to be accepted by someone something something bigger than themselves and then you know, put themselves into. I'm not sure. I'm, I don't have a, an opinion either way. I also feel like I'm a little bit, you know, I'm on the older side. This is, this is, I think this is more specifically for the younger generation. So I'm just trying to figure it out myself. But do you two see that kind of stuff on social media? I think everyone's just sad. Like, I mean, I think everyone has a <laughs> bit of sad girl in them. Like, it's not necessarily all the time, but like, 
I think the bigger issue is pretending that we're happy all the time and uh, nobody is, you know, mm. I, I mean, I'm curious what Shawnee thinks, but I just feel like, gosh, is there anyone that just has no sad girl in them? I'd love to know. I'd love to meet yeah. you, whoever you are. <laughs> well, I think that you hit it on the point. It's one of the things that I like to educate people on, say, if you're going to therapy or even not going to therapy and you ask yourself, what do you want out of life? And you're like, I want to be happy. And I'm not, well, I guess I am here to burst your bubble. Um, happiness is not a destination. It is an emotion and it is fleeting. And trying to achieve happiness is not possible. But I think I want to replace that word with joy. Joy is something that is going to carry you through the hard times. Joy is what is going to help you keep going. And so when you say like, there's this whole sad girl part of the internet. The thing is like, we can't stop it. And I think it comes back to like, even if it's genuine or not genuine, you as the person watching, you have the choice to choose what you want to consume. And if that's what you want to consume and that's your thing, go for it. If it's not your thing, also go for that. I mean, we have choices. And I don't think that by saying, you know, there's like this sad girl part of the internet and whether the people are being genuine in it or not speaks to how we as people choose what we consume. I'm not opposed to how people want to express themselves as long as other people aren't being hurt in the process. Yeah, that's great. I agree. <laughs> what do we think the takeaways are here? I mean, I feel like a big one is boundaries and, <laughs> you know, creating the environment that you want to see on social media. But do we think social media is ultimately a blessing or a curse when it comes to mental health? I think that that's up to interpretation in the person that's consuming it. And I think that if you sort of fall in the category of it's harmful, I think that being able to admit that and being honest with yourself is a great step. And then asking yourself, well, what do I do about this? And also asking yourself, who do I follow? Because I follow some dope people. And most of the people <laughs> that I follow don't make me sad. Most of the people that I follow put a smile on my face. So I think that that's the person taking accountability for also how they choose to use the internet. For instance, my husband, he prefers to stay off the grid. You can Google his <laughs> name. Too. and the, <laughs> the only thing you're probably going to find is like a LinkedIn. And that's because his job made him get it. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, he's never had a Facebook. And that's just how he chooses to protect his own mental space. And so I think the takeaways is recognizing that boundaries are to protect you and that you are mm -hmm. not responsible for other people's reactions to your boundaries. So, for instance, if you're like, yeah, I don't really browse social media and someone's like, oh, my God, what? Yo, that's your reaction. You take care of yeah. that. I'm going to stick with my boundary over here. And I think that's what it comes down to is being able to make the choice and holding yourself accountable for the type of energy and content that you allow your mental, emotional, physical, holistic body to consume. That's your choice. I also think that there's a smaller scale way to have boundaries, like even with the like, <laughs> I feel like this is maybe embarrassing to say, but I honestly mute people that I'm friends with sometimes because yeah. I just feel like, you know what? We oh, hard agree. Ha yeah. <laughs> We've had some awkwardness lately. And when yep. I see your content come up, it makes me feel away. And yeah. and I remember 
having those feelings and thinking there's something wrong with me. I'm a bad person. I'm evil. I'm a bitch, blah, blah, blah. And instead I was like, let me just try and see. And then I noticed a week later when that person's name came up, I was like, oh, I've actually felt a lot better because I haven't seen, you know, whatever. I haven't seen what they've been doing. And I feel more calm now about the situation. Like, I think that's another aspect of social media is it's constant. It's overstimulation. You need space from someone. You can't get it unless you forcibly take it and set boundaries. And that's not a bad thing. Like, that's good. Even if that is your best friend and you don't want to see what they're up to for a week, that's okay. Like, that's totally okay. (laughs) Right. Well, right, I'm proud of you for <laughs> yes. I'm proud of you for doing that. And I want to take that language of like embarrassed to say this, like throw it out the window. Because here's the thing: if it was someone in real life, you would probably avoid seeing them. So why right. is it that when someone, when we're not even in the midst of someone's company, we feel shame, guilt, embarrassed to mute someone, and they're not even right there? But if you were like in the grocery store, because I've been there, and like say your ex walks around the corner, you're like, oh, ducking and diving, like, oh no. <laughs> I don't want to see you like we will literally like physically react in that way sometimes or or even like interact and they're like, hi, like, hi, and like completely check out. So why when we are armed with being able to do it discreetly, why do we feel guilty? So I'm proud yep. of you for doing that because um, I just go straight to block. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, there, there, there's, there are different, there are different uh, places for different situations. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. I'm just saying. For me, I just, I, I then unblock. So that that's okay. sort of my differentiation because I don't even want to have to think about the algorithm. I think, I think as a creator, the reason why I block sometimes is because I'm friends with creators that are friends with creators. So mm. when I mute. I see that creator in other spaces with collabs of other creators. So for me, I'm just like, I don't want to see you nowhere. (laughs) So if your name is tagged, I'm not even going to see you because you're blocked. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yes. The takeaway from this entire podcast is you should be blocking and muting and setting boundaries. Don't be scared to use the block button. (laughs) Two Bs, boundaries and block. (laughs) I love it. Um, I've taken up so much of your time. I could truly have this conversation with you both for ages. I think these are such important conversations to have and these are great. I'm just going to leave us with another just, you know, great meme. The Twitter account So Sad Today says, listen, you don't want me to share my quote authentic self. I think sometimes that's true. (laughs) Sometimes you don't want to see who we really are because we're all messed up and we're all like human inside, you know? (laughs) So when you see us on social media, we've put that out there for a reason. And yeah. Yeah. Yes. I've had people get say to me, well, why don't you ever show your kitchen dirty? I'm like, why would you want to see that? Like, right. I don't want to, I don't want to share that. You don't want to see it. You can imagine it. Just, just, yeah. just stick with that. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Well, Samantha and Shawnee, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a wonderful conversation. I, I hope even just one person out there who listens to this gets a new way of viewing things, understands more about how we can speak about mental health, understands the, the true benefits of therapy and, you know, understands how to uh, handle social media with boundaries. Well, thank you so much for having me. I enjoy any conversation that talks about mental health in an authentic and safe space. 
I love being here and learning so much from Shawnee and just having this conversation. It was the high point of my day, I can tell you right now. Oh, wonderful. Well, I do sort of hope something better in your day happens, but this was a great way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it for this episode of Why Is No One Talking About for Well Connected by Murad. You want to get in touch? Leave a comment or DM at Murad Skincare on Instagram or TikTok. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review, and connect with us at wellconnected.murad.com. I'm Allison Hayslip.